Welcome back. This is the second hour of Truth Jihad Radio. Kevin Barrett broadcasting live from an undisclosed location deep in the Wisconsin woods, bringing on all kinds of interesting guests who have the kinds of unorthodox opinions that get you thrown out of social media circles these days and frowned on uh, if you try to go anywhere near any mainstream media circles, which I would advise you to do only with discretion. So second hour today. In the second half of the hour, we're going to bring on Eric Zeus, who will nominate Colonel Douglas McGregor for president. First hour, Eric Wahlberg, who's written a whole bunch of great books, postmodern imperialism and uh, Islamic resistance against imperialism and the Canada Zionist nexus and many, many others, is coming here to discuss, among other things, his new article, which is a review of the book, The Boy Who Was Raised as a Girl, and... Uh, we'll probably talk about the Ukraine situation a little bit, too. And we're working on getting Eric on, uh, trying to negotiate the weird new Skype changes that Eric's faced with. Maybe we have him. Let's find out. Hey, welcome, well, Eric. I, I'll just we'll use the phone. Uh, he, okay, he doesn't we'll answer my phone. invitation. Yeah, sorry. We pro- I probably should have tested out Skype with you beforehand. I had no idea that you'd have a problem with it. But here we are. Uh, so... Um, where should we start with Ukraine or with the boy who was raised as a girl? Well, in fact, they're one and the same. <laughs> really? Like so, so the Ukraine yes. was raised as a girl? Uh, no, uh, Ukraine is, uh, the final, maybe not the final, but it's a direct descendant of, of, uh, the whole, uh, process under the Cold War that, uh, wiped out the communists, as you know well. In, in the United States that was very thorough. It also went after some gays, and that was very sad. But at the same time, Kinsey was quite able to do all his research, which was half of it was to do with uh, homosexuality. And he had a good time while he was doing it, too. He, he didn't just uh, stick to paper. So there was a lot of a lot of sexual liberation already going on, which is really a direct result of World War II as well. There, that really opened up sex, sex in America and really everywhere. The whole, whole promiscuity, which is the, uh, which is uh, what we think of when you think of gay, uh, you think promiscuity, which is correct. I mean, that's uh, uh, it's very much gays are like prostitutes in that way that you want as much sex as possible. Prostitutes for money, uh, gays just uh, to be gay. So uh, this is all going on in the 50s, and uh, at the same time as they were um, uh, penalizing and oppressing the communists. So what, what, what you see is happening is uh, the uh, U.S. is scientific, making scientific sexuality so that it can control it, very much like it controls people's minds for commodities. Sexuality is the final uh, you know, Mount Olympus, if you like, of of this whole uh, social engineering. It and sounds so like kind of Michael Jones analysis. Well, that's good. He's a good analysis, uh, analyst. I like his uh, uh, his analysis. But uh, so, so this is where where it, this is where, of course, gay lib is the natural result of both Kinsey and the oppression of the uh, gays in the fifties. So it came out as a very militant. Uh, movement that equates uh, homosexuals with heterosexuals. Yeah, they're just as as good, just as uh, uh, social, 
as uh, um, straight people, which is a travesty, really. I mean, they exist. You don't want to persecute them, but uh, promiscuity is socially disruptive. And if you go back to Dante, I've been reading the Purgatorio recently, uh, given our uh, our hell that we're going through. I'm trying to get a little bit above that. And where does he put homosexuals? He puts them with the Don Juans. The it, it, homosexuality, he says, that's the same thing as, uh, as you know, uh, the promiscuity of, of the straight world is just as bad as the promiscuity of the uh, non-straight, the others. And that, yeah, yeah, that, that's an interesting analysis, with, Eric. You know, it, I well, know that and that's, uh, yeah. that's Islam. It's, uh, that's Islam mm-hmm. as well. It, and it's Aquinas. Aquinas is great. I love Aquinas on sexuality. He says, uh, it's not unnatural, uh, uh, this men and men business, but it's socially disruptive. So it's not something you want to encourage. You know, and, so and one, principle, one analysis that we've, we've heard from some sociologists is that, uh, that women are necessary to kind of slow men down, right? If you, if you, if you look at the, the gay communities, mm-hmm. you find that the, the female, the lesbian communities, you know, they, they tend to be monogamous and, you know, have sex about once mm-hmm. a year, whereas the uh, male uh, gays typically have, you know, several partners a week. And so there, there is this difference between male and female sexuality and Absolutely. you have to merge there's, there's them really together no, to get a happy medium. Uh, gays and lesbians are completely different. It's ridiculous to lump them together because uh, it's lesbians, that's uh, Queen Victoria. There, there is no such thing. You know, in a sense, uh, women are almost uh, uh, bisexual, almost, uh, and it's much easier uh, for the, for them to, and they integrate. The lesbians have the, the feminists. So, and they have, the, that's the straight women. So there's a natural close bond. But you see, gays, uh, they're the enemy of straight men, uh, you know, and they're the enemy of, of social morality, too, really, that if you allow this promiscuity. It, it, it's threatening to masculinity, and it's threatening socially. So uh, I, I've become more and more clear of this. I, I've always been resistant to this whole gay movement and gay pride. And I really like uh, Putin has the right... Uh, um, a legislation, and he wants it in the Constitution that marriage is male and female, and you don't want to uh, allow uh, kind of these uh, outliers, sexual outlaws, to have any influence on raising our children. And that's the way we had it right up until the 1960s. And uh, this whole gay liberation movement, it's on the back of the Cold War, and it fits. It fits perfectly. Look at the gay movement. I'm sure in the states is uh, we love you, Ukraine. I, yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, well. How about Zelensky with his uh, that that gay porn video? That so it's totally bizarre. You know, playing playing piano oh, really? with his male organ, uh, or playing his his male organ. Oh his organ yes, I heard about that. That's, yeah. that's yeah. not very gay. That well, maybe because that sounds like more they, uh, the uh, U.S. It, Army. Isn't it strange that they you know, made a, a new Winston Churchill out of this guy? <laughs> it's a joke. I mean, the whole thing is a joke, but it's just so, such a nightmare, and it's so horrible that, you know, I, I don't even want to think of what's going on in, in Ukraine now. It's just too close to me because so, I, so you're, I traveled yeah. there. I I know so many Russians, Ukrainians, and we, and they all, everyone was happy in Soviet Union, you know. it was There was no borders. 
there was no racism, uh, a little bit. I mean, just a, but but the, there was no universal like in the states where it's institutionalized really because none of that, and, and that's all collapsed. And now you've got the neo-fascists and um, you, different. Why call them neo? Have you seen Azov's? Uh, uh, their symbol is just a, a fancy. It's a, an italicized swastika. That's what it is. That you, they try to hide it a little bit. And they don't use red and black. They use the lovely yellow and blue. But it's a swastika, and they're, it's it's uh, it's uh, white uh, privilege. That's what it, uh, Zelensky, Jewish, white. I mean, it's all the same now. And, and you obviously the fascists, just like in Britain, uh, the Zionists move in and they go after the British National Party and they they cow and they say, okay, we're not going to be against Jews. We'll just be against Muslims. Same thing happened in France uh, with what uh, um, uh, France? Oh, wow, I forget it. Uh, you, you know the the French, and uh, it's, it's same with um, uh, Orban in uh, Hungary. Uh, he's uh, he uh, he doesn't like Jews, I'm sure, but he's afraid of Israel, so he's very very cozy. They've got a you know a embassy or a consulate in. Uh, in Jerusalem now, yeah, I think there's, I, I don't know what it is, but it's all, it's, it's just all surface, you know, and it's like Zelensky, he's part of that whole, it's, uh, Israel wants, uh, he wants Israel like Trump, and they want Trump to get back in. They want a white, racist government in the United States, because that's exactly what Israel is. But, but wait a minute, we, we were told that, we were told that Trump was controlled by Russia. And and so yeah okay uh, well come on you're, you're interrupting my flow of thought with with inanities I mean you're joking with me I know but so anyway let me get back I've got a whole bunch of things I want to to uh, talk to you but so so Kui uh, Bono that who benefits from the Cold War Kinsey I mean even Gore Vidal he wrote his uh, uh, you know his I forget what it's called now but he wrote his gay novel that was scandalous, but it was published and it got... Is that Myra Breckenridge, maybe? Uh, no, no, but that's a wonderful one, too, because that's, that's in fact how I wanted to end my article, was because this money, this Dr. Money, he was basically uh, trying to do this Myra Breckenridge turn my But Eric, stop, stop and, and situate the readers uh, or the listeners who may not all have read your article yet. Okay. So well, who's Dr. So, money? So the article... Uh, the boy who was raised as a girl. And uh, so this was, uh, twins were born in 1965 in Winnipeg. And uh, one, uh, they, they decided they should uh, um, circumcise him. So uh, they started with, with Bruce and uh, he made a mistake and he uh, just uh, cauterized. I don't, why do you have to use electric nonsense when you're doing this circumcision? It's ridiculous. So, you know, I mean, if you did it by hand, you would be very careful and you would just remove a little bit and that was it. But no, they've got to use new technology. There's another 1950s, you know. You can now, uh, the whole idea is you could uh, turn a man into a woman, which in the famous case was uh, um, uh, Jorgensen, uh, Christine, as George changed his name to Christine Jorgensen, 1952. And this is when Dr. Money, he just written his thesis at uh, Harvard uh, based on um, uh, a study in the 1930s that showed that, inter- that he, it was a study of the intersex, which is 
people that have their X and Ys mixed up. So they've got maybe a bit of both genitalia. But uh, he studied it, and the, the conclusion that, uh, of the study was that just leave these people alone. They they can learn to deal with uh, their funny, you know, uh, they've got this quirk and they just deal with it. But no, 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 yeah, let's start snipping, let's uh, cut off the clitoris, you know, if it's a bit too long, and which takes away uh, all possibility of having an orgasm. But, oh, who cares? It's women, it's, it's you know, it's... Uh, New tech, uh, let's just snip. No one tried. They didn't know. They just started snipping. And Mad so they scientists. said, okay, this, uh, you've got too many genitalia. Why don't we just take the balls out? Because uh, they, they, they're festering there, the idea. Of course, they don't fester. They were fine. You don't have to take anything out. And if the woman has balls, but she has a uterus still, you know, the XY, sometimes you get a, uh, they call them uber feminine. A woman that has an X chromosome, uh, a Y chromosome, but uh, there's no uh, penis, so it might be a, a kind of you, you're sterile. You can't, or I, I, there might be one in a ten million. <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, these, these are exceptions. So they're they're not really going to work very well. They're not they're not uh, mutations to create, you know, new evolutionary, uh, I don't know, trans people. So, so that's what the, so, uh, he had his penis uh, chopped off and his doctor money said, let's turn him into a girl. That would be the best way for him to adjust. And of course, it was absolutely the wrong thing to do. And the proof was already there uh, that if you do this, you're just going to create hell for everybody. And which is what happened. Uh, again, leave things alone. You don't cut off a penis, even, even though he might even not have his balls. But he still was formed as a man in as a male in the uterus, so he thinks like a male. He's going to be stronger, just like these you know trans uh, women that win all the Olympic medals. It's it's genetics. You, yeah, he'll you have a, a male brain. There are major developmental differences brain. in the brain. Yeah. Absolutely. So this poor Bruce, he was turned into Brenda. And uh, if you see the pictures there, it just makes you want to cry because there was a beautiful, his brother's handsome and and this Brenda looks like a monster. And everyone uh, treated her horribly. She was she was uh, teased and, and Dr. Money kept saying, let's let's make your uterus now. We'll just, you know, make a little hole and then you can have a penis in there. He said, oh, I don't want that. I don't want to have sex with a boy. That's horrible. You know, and he would see a child molestation. You've got to read the article. What that guy did was so horrible. I, I don't believe in torture. You know, these, these mad scientists who, who think they know better than nature, uh, are, uh, really a problem in so many ways, ranging from oh. the, the COVID situation, you know, to biological yes. weapons. Yeah. Absolutely. They're all connected to Ukraine to, I mean, you can, you can trace the, 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 um, the links. And it's all, you know, big pharma and it's capitalism. Basically, it's the monster under city. <clears throat> but the, the the ideological stuff and all the, <clears throat> the I thinking superstructure, you know, the culture, that's all built on that. And, and it's all, you know, it's just like we're living on this this horrible uh, pot boiler. Now, and when's it going to explode and just... And, you know, Eric, it occurs to me, another link between this, you know, boy raises a girl and this gender-bending stuff and Ukraine is that the same kind of social media virtue signaling has gotten hysterical about both issues. Uh Uh-huh. 
Me Too, uh, what do you call it, um, outing, uh, which is a gay thing. You know, let's out every uh, person that just, you know, uh, someone might have had a, a, a clues or something at some point in his life. And, and so they're outing him in the, in the paper. And so you ruin everybody's careers and lives. That's such a horrible, you know, that, that's not all gay people are like that, but that is a gay lib thing. It's, it's just like Zionism. It's, they're so close, really. Mm-hmm. Although the gays have backed off. From support, you won't find the pink washing doesn't really. That's the really nice thing. Although normal gays are are actually pro Palestinian, and they're not caught up. Yeah, I mean, they're all kinds of different people in that group. But the trans stuff, I think, is particularly. It's like that's everything. I I am a girl, you know, Mm -hmm. and and the people that think that they are, they're the most militant. I mean, there's someone in Congress, or was it an advisor to Obama, this guy, uh, you know, trans woman, and they were showing pictures and how she got married to a trans male. I was just, I was laughing watching this. And this is American culture. Oh, poor you, you have to live. And, 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 you know, and now I just read today, they're going after Rowling's in a big way. They want to try and get uh, Disney, uh, see if Disney can, take some of the copyrights away from her because you see uh, they're calling her anti-semitic because of her little uh munchkins i don't know what they call them in this lord of the rings stuff but uh the little guys that have have crooked noses and you know uh, uh, i'm sorry who 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 is this you're talking about rowling uh, oh oh, yeah 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 rowling the the harry potter it's it's big news now oh you should see the stuff the way they attack her wow Oh, yeah, I think I saw an article in the forward that had uh, pictures of these hook-nosed, uh, whatever they are, the creatures in her book, <laughs> claiming she was anti-Semitic. But, yeah, so, so there, there's this weird hysteria that forces you. Know, everybody has to think the same way. We see this with waving the Ukrainian flag. We see this with waving the rainbow flag. Um, and, you know, we see this with, war. with the... We're at yeah. war. This is yeah. the jingoism that you get during war. It's same as World War Two, same as World War One. That you know the Germans are, are are killing babies, and don't you dare defend a German or you're a traitor. That's what we're going through right now. But but how how are we but in I'm, a war with with like this this uh, LGBTQ rainbow flag stuff where everybody you, people are silenced and deplatformed and kicked off of social media and shamed and stuff yeah, if yeah. they don't have the right opinion? Uh, that was not a war, was it? So why why were people forced to have the same opinion? Oh, you're talking about the the uh, politically correct stuff, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the, ma- the mass hysteria that's formed behind some of this woke, politically correct stuff, which resembles the it's same kind of mass hysteria well, it's a war. around Ukraine. No, it's a culture war. You're E. Michael okay. Jones. Yeah, it's a culture okay. war. You know, you're, you're talking more and more culture like war. <laughs> no, the, the, it's – and you're I, – I, uh, for a while, I mean, I've written about this, uh, this gay movement, this gay lib stuff has really bugged me because the way this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you still there, Eric? Oh, boy, it seems like we may have lost Eric. Uh, he drifted out of cell phone no, range. That... Oh, there you are. Okay. Have you got me? Yeah, you're back. Hello? I'm yes, back. You're okay, there. these yeah. stupid phones, they're, they're horrible. I've got it, I'm clutching it. Desperately to my face, it's so horrible. I, next time, please get this Skype yeah, we'll, going. We'll get you working uh, on Skype next time. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, okay, so, yeah, you were saying that uh, it, it is it's a cultural war, and uh, it, it really is that kind of cultural, it's a change that they want to make. They want they want to institute, well, they've been doing it. They've got the uh, pronouns in the, uh, I don't know how far it's gone in the states, but in Ontario legislature, they they started to change the constitution and everything, take out uh, uh, mother, father, and and you put in uh, parent and uh, birth parent, this kind yeah, of yeah, crap. And bre- breastfeeding uh, people. Yeah, this is, they've put, been putting it right into our laws, into our, they're trying to sneak it right in. It's, it's such a Zionist kind of, or, you know, I don't know if you know the, uh, the uh, uh, not Abraham, uh, what, what, no, the Noahite, uh, Noahide, you know, this, the, uh, uh, the um, the ultra orthodox Jews they got the Noahide uh, laws uh, in, in part of uh, American legislature that uh, right. which are the kind of that for it's for non Jews uh, it's for the goy what they have to do to be uh, you know good servants of the Jews that's basically the Noahide laws so that's okay. all part of it so they're doing the same with the the this Gaelic craft. And uh, and then they go to the point. And you know the thing about um, Ukraine? I checked that they do have abortion up to 12 months. So I mean, it's a standard. Of course, it always had in the Soviet Union. It's really really hard to take that away from a in a secular society. But do you know? Do you have any idea how many of these uh, donor birth mothers? You know, like uh, this is the the new. The, they have these farms of women that uh, to to birth for. Westerners, rich Westerners. Do you no, have any I, idea how I, many? I haven't encountered that in the world. Where? So, which part of the world is 2, this? Two thousand five hundred. In a single That's farm. We've got two thousand five hundred Ukrainian women oh, wow. uh, each year giving birth to kids uh, with the sperm of some. It could be gay, you know, anyone you want uh, in the state, and you and you sell your baby. Basically, this is. I, I, this has got to be something. It, it sounds very Hitlerite to me. The, the birth farms for Aryan children, but it's not quite <laughs> at that. But that's humiliating. Are Jews running these birth farms for Aryan children? <laughs> well, they're for American Aryan uh, children, which are going to be uh, white supremacists, which will fit right in with Israel. So you know, Israel is basically uh, it's got the Hitlerite agenda. Uh, Jews are the master race, and uh, we control the world. That that is a kind of subtext. You're not allowed to say this. You could, uh, you, if uh, I'm on my cell phone, so I may get a, a, a stinger a bomb dropping on me at any moment. I don't know, but uh, yeah, the the uh, the, the, the ideology is fascist, <laughs> and that's why it's funny how Israel is uh, kind of tips, uh, you know. Uh, pussyfooting through all this, they, they they don't know where to turn, but they basically, uh, Bennett told um, uh, Zelensky, said, look, uh, you got a good deal. Uh, <laughs> this is so very Jewish, you know, buy, buy this used car from uh, Putin, you won't get anything better. And Zelensky was furious that uh, you're basically saying we're no better than the Gazans. So, so, so given that, Eric, uh, do, do you agree with Richard Cook, the first hour guest, that there's a, jo- a Zionist agenda behind the war on Ukraine, uh, even though the state of Israel, per se, doesn't really seem to be uh, pushing for the war? No. Well, they've got so many irons in the fire. It, 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 they always win. 
you know, they're, they're supporting Play Putin both sides. and they're supporting Zelensky and they got to support both, but they probably, they, they're smart. They know that Putin's going to win. So well, they're not going to ruin things. You know, they want to keep bombing Iranians and, uh, you know, uh, Putin, if we, if he, they're nice to Putin, then maybe he'll let them kill a few more Iranians. He, he won't stop them from bombing Syria. Don't forget that part. They, they're bombing Syria well, regularly. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean, because yeah. they're bombing the Iranians in Syria. Yeah. So, you know, if they actually uh, go to bombing them at home. But, of course, Khomeini is uh, wonderful. He said, you better watch your your ass, Israel. We're going to keep going after you. We're not going to we're not going to fool around. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to do that, too. Uh, you, you you can't be uh, lily livered. Uh, well, well, this, this war is. It is benefiting Israel in that it's distracting Russia uh, when Russia, rather than asserting itself by telling <laughs> Israel to stop bombing the Iranians in Syria, now Russia is, is forced to deal with Ukraine. So maybe that's part of the agenda. Well, yeah. Uh, so are they going to keep? We, of course, we don't hear what's actually going on, but we don't know. Are, are they bombing more Iranians? I mean, every time they bomb uh, Syria, I just steam comes out my ears and the way Putin lets them get away with it. I don't know if they killed any this week, but uh, uh, good thing Iranians have this martyr complex, you know, that uh, they're willing to go to the, you know, the, the extra mile. Well, the R- Russians, too, are willing to die, it seems to yeah. be. More. Yeah. The Americans, the Westerners, I don't know if they really want to die. They see on social media that they can virtue signal <laughs> by rushing to the border of Ukraine and volunteering. But once they get there, <laughs> the Ukrainians have to take away their passport and mar- frog march them up to the front lines, and they keep trying to find a way to get away. So yeah, I, I think the Western ethos right now is not really the kind of uh, ethos that you want if you're getting ready for a huge war. No, no, the, the U.S. is completely uh, lily-livered at this point. It's and I, I love the, it, the, some of the right wingers in the states are saying you got to go after China and Russia together. And I think I think didn't you just lose a twenty-year war in Afghanistan? Aren't you kind of a little bit scared of what's going on? Or you, know, you wonder what's going through these people's minds? Oh well. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. Well, yeah. After after. Uh... After losing Afghanistan uh, and to some extent Iraq, uh, failing in Syria, and now if the West doesn't really get its way with Ukraine, which is the most likely outcome, Ukraine gets partitioned, it's going to be hard to spin that as a Western victory. It seems that the cumulative psychological effect of all of this might be to bring down the empire. Uh, Do you think that will happen in our lifetime? It's getting closer. I, if it goes, boy, it's going to be a deluge. But I'm glad Mariupol should be part of Russia. I'm sorry that those borders were all screwed up, and uh, that Western Ukraine as well. Uh, you know, I've got you need Mariupol for Crimea because it is the only way you're going to get water, and you need a land bridge to Russia. So they're not going to give that back. That it's too much blood's gone, and the the blood. Hopefully, they killed more. Azov than uh, civilians. Uh, I mean that that uh, yes, the American conservative that site. No, I'm sorry. Which, which site? American which conservative. Site? Yeah. American what conservative. What about you it? You don't know the site? Yes, I do know the site, but what about it? Yes. Well, uh, this week uh, an article uh, about the uh, theater uh, bombing in uh, Mariupol and saying. Uh, Basically saying the Russians were right, uh, that, that's their, and, and that our media is so 
uh, uh, so tendentious, so off the rails. That uh, and this is American conservative. It's, you know, where is it, where is a good uh, Trump? You see, uh, he, he's a, a full conservative, if you if you like, but uh, uh, he stole the position. There, I mean, it's up for grabs. Is there no one in the state no. that's articulate and uh, can can put across uh, Putin like? I mean, you said this. Yeah, too. well, there there is. Eric, uh, Eric Wahlberg, um, you just happened to hit this on the head right at the right time because we just got Eric Zeus on the line, and he has dom- nominated Colonel Douglas McGregor for president. Uh, so, <laughs> good timing. He's our, he's our um, uh, Budley, bu- 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 who's the 1930s general? That, uh, oh, Smedley Butler. Bidley, yeah. yeah uh, Smedley Butler. Butler. Yes. Okay. So, we so can what, take what, over, Eric. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome, Eric Susan. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Eric Wahlberg. Uh, great conversation as always. Okay, Eric too. We'll, we'll okay, see. I, I Eric too taking Facebook. over. Eric one. They're quite a tag team. <laughs> can take I care, hear this somehow? I... Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Okay. okay so are welcome, you live Eric's... at your site? Sorry. Hello. Are you live at your site? Yes, okay, I am. We're, we're broadcasting live, so uh, I'm saying goodbye to Eric Wahlberg and hello, Eric Zeus. Eric Zeus, how are you? Okay. Well, thank you. Great to be speaking <laughs> with you again, Kevin. I think we have too many Eric's in the same room. This is like a Marx Brothers skit. Uh, the state room scene <laughs> full of Eric's. Who's on first? Eric. Yeah, Eric's Eric. on first, and Eric's on second, too. <laughs> so, hey, Eric, welcome. And, and you know, I think the other Eric agrees that your concept of Douglas McGregor for president is terrific. Well, I'm happy to hear that because um, it's it's very hard, particularly this early. <laughs> We're talking about a, a time so early in, in any 2024 presidential contest so that nobody has announced any availability and nobody is even publicly talking in the media about um, who, if anyone, might be able to get America out of the very dangerous, toxic situation that it has become immersed in, that it is actually created for itself and for the broader world ever since, well, I mean, how far back does one have to go? Certainly, at least the invasion of Iraq was an absolute scandal, which the press still covers up because they don't deal with the real scandal about it, which is the complicity and the participation, the essential participation by the news media. The evidence was actually there to the effect that the president of the United States was lying through his teeth. So was Tony Blair. They they misrepresented the evidence, and then they, on top of that, they did not reveal uh, things that they knew, which were crucial for the public to know. And the only term that can be applied to that is that they were lying. And the press was participating in it and covering up the fact that they were lying and still covers that up to this day. And, of course, we had the same thing with respect later to, to Libya and to, and to Syria and to Ukraine, uh, which, of course, is the biggest of them all, particularly because the United States has been obsessive about 
Ukraine ever since, well, I don't know. I mean, really going back to 1945 in a sense. But uh, particularly ever since Barack Obama entered the White House and in 2010, he brought or invited Viktor Yanukovych to the White House and tried to persuade Yanukovych to join the United States against Russia, whether or not Obama actually clearly uh, invited him to bring help bring Ukraine into um, NATO can only be speculated, but it's clear that the United States had been pressing for that for, uh, ever since, well, 2005. Yeah, they announced the it at is, that conference in 2008. Pardon me? There, there was a, a conference uh, where in 2008 where uh, NATO and, and the U.S. made it clear that I think they officially said that they wanted uh, both uh, Ukraine and Georgia in NATO. And, of course, that triggered yes. the uh, problem in That's Georgia. That's true. That's true. But, of course, the question was always getting the consent of the leader of the country to push for that. Now, uh, later in the, in the year 2010, Hillary Clinton met again in private with uh, Yanukovych. And then they had a press conference afterward where both of them spoke. And she made it clear that uh, – uh, um, she had she, she that she was had had invited Yanukovych to join in war games with the United States. She did mention that, and uh, that she said that unfortunately we did not come to an agreement on that. And this was in 2010. Then shortly thereafter, in 2011, by no later than June. Eric Schmidt, who then was the leader of Google and it's also its, its chairman, the CEO, I think, and, and chairman of the board, he visited uh, at the Ecuadorian embassy in London with, with uh, Julian Assange trying to wheedle out of him information that would help the United States plan a, 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 a way to create a, a revolution. He, it was very rather vague at the time what he was seeking. He had with him Jared Cohen, who was a buddy and a subordinate of Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. He was a, a, a State Department person who had, uh, who was then, I think at that time he had switched from the State Department to to some venture by Google, and so he was kind of like betwixt and between government and mega corporate America, and he was going to be communicating to the State Department uh, the recommendations by. Julian Assange. Well, what, what kind of information could Assange have had that would have helped well, the okay. U.S. and Ukraine? Uh, okay. It, 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 Assange wrote at the time uh, for, for WikiLeaks, he wrote a searing article to the effect that uh, 
Google is part, it has to be thought of as part of the United States military. And that um, he realized only after his meeting with those two people that they had conned him and that they were really extracting from him information for organizing uh, paramilitaries uh, to organize amongst themselves, to spread word within their circles and organize amongst themselves in order to create a revolution. And um, Assange uh, uh, was writing this article in retrospect because already the moves by the U.S. government against both Ukraine and Syria had become public knowledge. And so he was looking back upon that meeting in retrospect and realizing, oh, my God, I was fooled. So, so they basically wanted Assange to be releasing stuff embarrassing to the governments of Syria and Ukraine as part of no. the U.S. attempt to impose no. no, no. They wanted him to tell them how to use the web in order to create a revolution. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. But and, how, and how would Assange know that? Well, he actually did uh, have some information about that, technical information about uh, about cyber warfare. Okay. Um, that... uh, but also how you create a community uh, and bind it together uh, and to create a movement. That was the, the, it, that that was the main focus of the questions that were being asked. By the by, by by Google and the State Department, and then starting on the first of March, two thousand and thirteen, the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, Ukraine, held the first of what became a number of technical support sessions inside the embassy. Uh, for how to use the web and computers in order to organize a movement. At the same time, it is known that the right sector were working with the U.S. government, government, both, I mean, behind the scenes with the State Department and the CIA, and there is evidence to believe that right sector people were the ones who were being trained at the U.S. Embassy in these sessions. This was in March 2013. Then, um, of course, later in November of 2013, were held the Maidan demonstrations. And it is known that... Uh, 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 Perubi, who was the head of the Social Nationalist Party of Ukraine, which the CIA had advised to change its name to the Svoboda or Freedom Party, which they did. He was called the mayor of the of, of, of the Maidan because he was uh, the lead, the leader of the movement that 
was that Maidan. And so this social nationalist leader or Nazi leader, because it was named after the National Socialist Party of Germany, and he had deep roots in that movement throughout his whole life he had. Uh, this was a movement that was created by, basically, Ukrainian Nazis with the help of the CIA and of the State Department and very active assistance by the U.S. ambassador in Kiev in order to create the Maidan movement from scratch. It's but reminiscent of Remember how they created ISIS and used ISIS against the governments they didn't it, like? Yes, in the they movies. did. Exactly, exactly. So it's very, very similar. Yeah. But nice, um, nice people we create there, huh? <laughs> oh, isn't it? And it's interesting too that the U.S. government was taking polls of Ukrainians. They hired they they, they hired uh, the Gallup organization to do this. Um. A, a number of polls, and one of them, uh, one of the major ones was in 2013, 2013, yes, and then another was in April of 2014, after the coup, right after the coup. Now, the one in 2014 particularly focused not just on. Ukraine, but they had a special, an especially large sample for the people in in Crimea because they, the, the U.S. government wanted to have polling showing something that was at variance with what the vote had been in the referendum, which was 96 percent in favor of the breakaway to Russia, the uh, uh, joining of Russia by uh, Crimea. The, the U.S. government was trying to find if there was if they could put together a case to the effect that that number that, that percentage was was bogus, and they even asked in the in the in that poll, and this was of 500 people with random sampling, very well controlled, very professionally done, statistically statistically random sampling. It found that uh, that an overwhelming majority of the people in Crimea felt that the that the the referendum was an honest democratic uh, count, and that the 96% figure was believable. The actual percentage of the people in the survey who were happy with the result was also about 96%, close to that. It was above 90%. And so what Gallup, the Gallup organization, found, this was actually sponsored, I think, it was by USAID and the International the International Republican Institute or something. It was, it was associated with the Republican Party. But it was basically a U.S. government uh, instructed. So that sounds like it wasn't the result that they wanted. Not at all. And so um, basically 
I mean, I I look at these things. I look at 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 the evidence that's provided by both sides. I always do, and I I very very rarely, but do occasionally find bogus information in in the major Russian news sources, like for example RT. Um, but it's very very rare, and of course they've got a lot of opinion pieces which. Um, you know, are, are, don't have to meet such high standards as, as straight out journalism, journalistic reporting does. But the thing is, I find that American news media reporting on international affairs is incredibly lie laden. It is full of lies. It is littered with lies. And it's lies getting, are the it seems norm. to be getting worse over time. Oh, yes, because ever since Obama was in power, and I mean, I, I kind of like hate to say this because I used to be a Democrat. In fact, I, I, I was the vice chairman of the local Democratic Party where, where I am. But the thing is this. Uh, Barack Obama was an incredibly evil person. You see, here, here's here's a, a, a basic difference, a basic distinction that that I that I find quite striking. Harry Truman probably created more harm in the world than any other political figure um, of my lifetime. I mean, I mean, you know, by golly, you know, I mean. Talking about the uh, the atomic bombings and the Cold War. Oh, the Cold War above all, and the the, the atomic bombing was associated with that decision, but the, it, it followed after the decision for the Cold War was reached. The decision for the Cold War was reached on twenty fifth of July, nineteen forty five. The decision to use the bomb was made actually a few days later um, by by Truman and. Part of the evidence regarding uh, uh, the, the specific dates in, 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 to his thinking about creating the Cold War are his his uh, his letters to Best Truman. He was a frequent letter writer uh, to his wife, and he, he actually he was at the Potsdam Conference at at that time. And he was writing these letters to her, and they're in his own hand. I mean, nothing could be more authoritative than that. And of course, they were uh, strictly personal communications at the time, and so uh, they were not part of the news reporting. But the thing is that basically what he revealed in his letter uh, written on the night of July 25th 1945 was his decision that either the uh, either the United States would conquer the Soviet Union or the Soviet Union would conquer the United States, and he said, you know, and and then, uh, that hit Joe like a hammer, you know, his statement which expressed this view, he told Bess, like a hammer. Um, because up until that time, Truman 
was undecided, and he had some some positive opinions about Stalin. But from that moment on, it was all war. It was all war, Cold War, we call it. But the the the, the decisive uh, advisor who brought him to this opinion was General Eisenhower. Hmm. Now, Eisenhower... We're going to relate this to Obama somehow. Oh, yes. But the thing is, Obama was so... He wasn't naive. He wasn't... He wasn't just manipulated by by the people around him like, like, like Truman was. He was an incredible conniver. And like, for example... He was telling in, in, in 2012, before the election, you may remember Romney said that Russia is the enemy number one for the United States. You remember that? From uh, Romney. Vaguely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a big thing. Yeah. And the Obama campaign made hay with that because it made Romney look in a very bad light. The public approval of of Russia was much higher than than it is now, and Romney was really jumping the gun on public opinion in the United States. Obama knew this; his advisors knew this. They played this up, and they played up the fact that Obama slammed Romney and made fun of Romney for for that statement that Romney said. If Obama weren't already committed. To that very same position. And, and so, Eric, why precisely uh, do you think that the these American leaders are so gung ho for starting trouble with Russia when most geopolitical realists would say that the number one power faced with a challenge from a rising number two power always should make alliances and friendship with the number three power, which is what has always happened in history, pretty much. U.S. is number one. China is rising number two. That dictates that the U.S. ought to be friends and bend over backwards to be friends with Russia, which is number three. Well, yet, well, here's not the, doing here's, it. Why not? Okay, here, here's, the, here's the reason. The United States has invested, oh, God, I suppose hundreds of billions of dollars over the decades in building up a distrust of the Russian people and a negative image, public image of Russians as gangsters, as cheaters, that kind of thing. Uh, they, it's very, very similar to what has, you know, was historically done with respect to Jews. And the United States position regarding Nazi, the, 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 the Nazis that it controls in hires, pays in Ukraine, uh, it, it's Ukrainian stooges, one might call them, is that that they've so they 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 are supporting uh, racists who are obsessively racist against Russians, and these are the people in and around Lviv, which is the far western part of Ukraine, um, where the hatred of Russians goes culturally very very deep, and goes back to you know it's, it's centuries to wars between. Poland and 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 Russia. But what's weird, Eric, is they they hate Slavs 
too, as a group, and the vast majority of Ukrainians are Slavs. So how does this group of neo-Nazi haters that hates the majority of people, even in Ukraine, uh, as well as Russians, how, how do they have so much power in Ukraine? Well, because they deny that they are of the same stock, quotes, unquote, as the so-called Slavs in Russia are. They see Russians as being subhumans. They, many of their generals have referred to them as, you know, as subhumans. Uh, uh, I mean, and some of the propaganda that was used on television in the lead-up to the coup was um, ads that were put on by Ukrainian oligarchs uh, comparing Russians to Colorado beetles, who are a big problem for um, Ukrainian farmers and who are dealt with by pesticides. And it was a 30-second commercial, and basically it was spraying these beetles and they would drop down dead. Wow. And, and this hatred for Russians is now is spreading from Ukraine into the global media. That's it. Of course, it's part of the American plan. Yeah, so, well, they may be Nazis, but there are Nazis, right? Just like uh, Somoza may be a son of a gun, but he's our no, son. No, they deny that they, 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 they are. The United States regime denies that there is any, to any extent, significant extent, Nazism of any sort, racist fascism of any kind, uh, in 26 significant extent in Ukraine. The United States government lies through its teeth. By golly, the evidence on the strength of Nazism, the, the, the pervasiveness now in the media there, and I'm talking about going back to 2013 even. I mean, when these ads were on television right, you know, during the Maidan, I, you, you see the opinion of, of Russian people just plunging from then on. I mean, it's just in the United States, incidentally, also, because... Well, you know, Erica, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think we're hitting the end of the show. Uh, so you, you have about uh, five seconds to sum it oh, up. Oh, my next book is going to be called America's Empire of Evil. Okay, coming. that sounds like it's right up there with uh, Putin's phrase, the empire of lies. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, thank you, Eric Zeus. Always great talking with you. Keep up the great work. Great. Okay. Eric Zeus, independent historian. Very interesting analyst. Kevin Verder, Truth Jihad Radio, the website is truthjihad.com. Thank you, Kevin.